It's Monday. It's midnight. It's my top ten. This week's podcast is the last of the Edinburgh Fringe recordings I did this summer in the Scottish capital. And this week, Gemma Harvey is my guest. Gemma was in Edinburgh performing her one-person play, Lobster, which is about dating in the digital age. The show was produced by Locateur Theatre, the company Gemma founded with the play's director, stroke dramaturg, and I say those terms as if I know what they mean, Lulu Mason. Between the two of them, they developed a social experiment that would run parallel to the play, whereby Gemma would date someone different each day of the Fringe under the hashtag Catch of the Day. I was lucky enough to be one of her final dates and treated her to... a podcast recording. Here it is. two pensioners and a baby the whole episode i'm joined this week on my top 10 by Gemma harvey hello Gemma. hello how the devil are you i'm very good thank you a little bit tired because we're coming to the end of the fringe now but getting there getting there has it been a long a long old grind for you a long slog you could say that yes (laughs) and uh tell us why what you've been up to okay well as well as doing my show lobster every day um uh midday at the underbelly which has been fantastic and the response has been really great um, uh, we also set up a, a bit of a PR stunt I guess um, uh, the, uh, my show is about modern dating in the digital age so uh, it talks about uh, some of the negative behaviour that happens around um, people that date online and with dating apps so what we wanted to do is to try and create a bit of a social change and so as well as the show um, being a show um, we have set up a, a dating platform so as well as, as me performing Lobster every single day of the Fringe I also have been on a date every single day of the Fringe um, so yeah that's that's also why I'm quite tired <laughs> <laughs> and how have um, you got to this stage with, with Lobster it was first performed wasn't it uh, 2017 at Battersea Arts Centre well it wasn't that, that wasn't the full version of it I did a scratch, I I did a 10 minute scratch. That was the first time that I performed some work in progress, but it's been a development of over 18 months um, where I've been collating the stories, I've been developing it um, with my director, Lulu Mason. Um, She's she's been uh, the dramaturg on the project um, and we've developed it under our company Locketeur. But yeah, from kind of initial idea to getting the full uh, 55 minute version that I've been performing at Edinburgh it's been an 18 month process the work in progress and the scratch that I've been doing um, wasn't you know the show if you like there's there's actually lots of, it's, it's quite an interesting way to work because you can uh, it's the first time that you can perform new work in front of an audience and kind of like see how it works it, there's a lot of stuff that goes in the editing bin <laughs> right sure yeah and you've used um, focus groups as well haven't you to cherry pick other people's yes. experiences yes so uh, Lobster is based on true stories and they've either happened to me 
or to someone that I know and that's how um, the project has been developed and written. So uh, in the course of uh, writing and developing it have you sort of got to a stage did you get to a stage where you thought it was fully formed and then in the process of your dating and trying to find a partner at the same time something else happened that you thought oh that's got to go in. in. Uh, and that's an interesting one actually. Uh, I, I've got a lot of material um, and uh, after Edinburgh we're actually going to be going back to London and we're going to start developing the hour and 15 minute version that we're going to take on tour. Um, so it's lucky that I've got a lot of material uh -huh. um, and it's maybe lucky that I continue dating. Um, uh, yes. And no, and you start to realise that because it, cause it is a play and you have to have uh, some form of linear storytelling, that um, uh, that some things work and some things don't. So there's some like real brilliant stories that didn't make it into the final version of the show. Um, and that's not necessarily that they weren't good or bad. It's just that um, you know there's there's got to be a way in which we tell Polly's story. Polly's the lead character in the, in the show, so. Um, so yeah, the stuff banked. Yeah. Got distracted already. We should we should have started at the top of the show, and we've already got straight into the interesting oh. stuff. So interesting <laughs> is the social experiment and yeah. the play. Yeah. Um, so, Gemma, what is your three sentence life story? I see. Oh gosh, that's uh, throwing me a little bit in the spot. Three sentence life story. Um, born in London. Wanted to be a performer. Now she's doing it at the Edinburgh Fringe. Hey. Yay! <laughs> Which leads us on to uh, my next question. What are three career highlights for you? Three career highlights. Uh, well, I would say probably the first one is actually getting into the drama school that I wanted to go to. Um, I originally actually trained in musical theatre and then I worked and then I went back to drama school. And because I believed in going back to drama school so much and I knew where I wanted to go, um, I really focused on going there. So, yeah, that's that was the beginning. And um, the next career highlight, ooh, it's a tricky one actually. Um, I've been doing some wonderful workshopping and development this year with some wonderful theatres that I've always wanted to work with. So can I kind of like combine them as, as one? Yeah. So I've been lucky enough to work with the National Theatre and the Royal Court this year. So that for me is a, I'd say a career highlight. And the top one would be when I finally started to believe in myself and start to create my own work. So Lobster is obviously that. Um, but I'm also uh, in the middle of developing my first short film, um, which uh, is very special to me. I do a lot of work with learning disabled and autistic artists. And uh, I've written a film for an autistic actor that I work with at Holby City. Um, and he's trying to share his story. Um, so I've already shot do, two, uh, two days of that and I've got two more days to shoot when I get back and then it will be ready and we'll be taking it to the festivals. So Marvelous. busy, busy. Yeah. Yeah. So is, there a, uh, is it quite a small crew working on that? Um, yeah, relatively, but I'm very lucky. My director is BBC, so the whole crew are BBC. Wow. Yeah, I know. We shot it at Elstree Studios. Oh, fabulous. I know. Very lucky. <laughs> I think that's supposed to happen on your first short film, but you know, it Can't did. Sniff at that. <laughs> so let's move on to your top ten. What's the subject matter for it? Okay, so I mean, there was only really one subject matter that I felt that we could do, um, and I thought maybe uh, uh, we could use as I've been going on a day every single day of the Edinburgh Fringe. I thought I could create a top ten from those. So um, we we gave it a hashtag hashtag catch of the day. 
So it's my top ten hashtags. Catch of the day. Could you give us an overview of the sort of dates you've been having and what what sort of things would make a good date? Yeah. Um, it, this has been really interesting, actually, um, because I feel that, one, I've learned a lot about dating, what dating means, dating etiquette, and also what I want to get from dating. I've been on a lot of dates, um, as I'm sure anyone who's come to see Lobster will be able to tell. Um, but uh, when Lulu Mason, my director, came up with the idea of Catch of the Day and for me to be able to go on a date in Edinburgh, um, it, it, it's to, it was to try and create positive dating experiences. Everyone that I've gone on a date with in Edinburgh, I've met in real life. Uh, I've, it, it, none of them have come from dating apps. So it's been very interesting. They've either been introduced to me by people or they're friends of friends or they're actually other artists who are already up here and I've already, you know, I already knew. Um, I also <laughs> found myself on a couple of dates being on a date and then <laughs> meeting someone and asking them out on a date. Um, but also learning about myself. I have never in my life gone up to someone and asked them out on a date. And I've been doing it here. Wow. So I'm actually quite proud of myself. Yeah, it's created a confidence that I never knew I had. So was it tough whittling them down to just 10? It is, and I hope I'm not going to offend anyone. It's, it's, not, it's not personal, but I could only have 10. So I just wanted to... Uh, the ones that, like, really... I mean, I had fun on all of them. Um, I think you asked the question before, were there any bad experiences? There weren't, actually, and I... I've been thinking about that a lot and I wonder if that's because um, they all know what the what the social experiment was about so they've obviously come with the best version of themselves um, but um, yeah it's, it, it was just interesting to see the what different people decided to some would come with suggestions some would text me and go well, what do you want to do and obviously you know when I'm 15 in I'm a bit like can you maybe think about yeah, sure. that you know because it's it, it gets quite tiring after a while and were there any that didn't realize it was a social experiment and thought that you'd get married at the end of it and live happily ever after uh, <laughs> no but um I I'll take it as a compliment that a couple have asked for second dates hmm. so that's good isn't yeah, it very positive, yeah very yeah. positive yeah can't complain have not needed to use tinder and hopefully will never have to ever again and is it something that you have used a lot in your ordinary dating life outside tinder. of the edinburgh bubble tinder bumble hinge happen i've done them all yeah i've absolutely tried them all i'm not very good at them i'm terrible actually i think some people are really good um yeah i've not had the best experiences on them, <laughs> hence the subject matter for lobster. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's lucky that you've had. Yeah, no, absolutely. Although would be no play. No, exactly, exactly. Um, yes. I'm sort of recently single myself, and I might need to try to get some tips off you as we go through this. Yeah, somehow. I mean, absolutely, that would be my pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to write a book. I think. Yeah. <laughs> There's a market for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's get into your top ten. Uh, is it? Um, are they ranked or is it uh um well i thought i should but then also maybe as a disclaimer <laughs> maybe we shouldn't like say that this is you know the final one is the best one it's just 
I, I've whittled them down to ones that really like, um, uh, that, you know, special things happened or, you know, I thought that they were particularly good dates. Um, and I've obviously got a lot to choose from. So Okay, yeah. so it's a random selection of 10. A random selection of 10. Can we say one that was more interesting I, I'm, dis, I'm struggling which word to use but oh, should, we, should okay. we save one till the end just as yeah. a yeah let's do that okay could you, could yeah, you choose the, the word uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, poignant the most poignant one the at the end the most poignant one lovely. at the end okay right okay so tenth on the list of no particular of order of no particular oh, this is good isn't it this is being kind great okay um, so I'm gonna, number ten I'm going to go in with um, uh, Aussie Clint now Aussie Clint um, came to see the show, so at the end of the show, even though I don't use the uh, what whatever happens on the day in the next, because that's actually what some people would get confused with. They um, they thought that I was going on the dates and then I was going to use the material in the next right. day show. It, it's not that the play is written, lobster is written, um, but. I actually have a line in the play where um, uh, a character is dirty messaging me and his name is Clint and I respond to and as if your name is Clint um, and an actual Clint came to see the show um, he was Australian he was here for a few days he didn't have Twitter but he got his friend to tweet me and we went on a lovely day and I just thought it was brilliant see not all Clint's are bad are they no no he was a lovely one I thought that that was his full name for a second then, Ozzy Clint, as in Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Ozzy Clint, no, he was Australian. But it's probably best that we keep it just to first names, I think. I yeah. think so, yeah. And to be honest, I also thought like maybe I won't give too many full names on, but I, I don't think he'll mind that because he was, he was a lovely sheep farmer. And did he have something to say about... Uh, obviously, he'd seen the show before you went on your date. Yeah, so. yeah, so he knew about it. He'd never been on a date before. What? I know, right? There's quite a few people that I've either approached or I've been on dates with. They'd never been on dates before. But then that also gets you into a really interesting conversation. Okay, well, what constitutes a date for you? Yeah, and how, uh, presumably, uh, had, had he been in Malaysia or had... Well, uh, yeah, but I think, again, like, I guess just like got it on with people and then this had, and then stuff had evolved. Right. Um, I find it very interesting. Because I'm a very, I'm a big romantic. Um, and so I'm one of these people that even when you're in a long-term relationship, I think you should continue to date. Um, so if you, I mean, maybe some people just are not looking for that. So therefore they're like, well, I'm not dating. But, you know, dating can be a really positive experience, um, which is exactly why we wanted to have a go at this Social, social experiment. Yeah, but it could just be a problem of language, couldn't it? Because even yeah. a lunch date is absolutely a date. and it and you know you can have a date with friends. Yes. And I explained to you uh, again before we started that yesterday was actually the first time that uh, a date got cancelled, and it was so last minute. And the admin around this, I have to say, has been quite intense um, uh, and it was actually it's a performer from the fringe and he just had too much on I'm not you know, going to out him he didn't do anything wrong um, but I checked in with my producer and my director to say um, what do I do and my producer actually was very honest and she was like well I'm sh I suppose it wouldn't really be an honest experiment if you didn't have one day cancelled because stuff like that does happen and he did it in a kind way he didn't completely ghost me he didn't you know, just not show up. So, so I took myself on a date on my own. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. that's okay too. 
just reserved a bit of time for you to do something you wanted to do. There we go, yeah, yeah. What did you, how did you spend your date with yourself? I just yourself? went and had a, uh, <laughs> I, I've actually not had much time on my own. That's the other thing that I realised because I've either been doing the show or going on dates with people or organising to go on dates with people. So I just went and sat in a coffee and a piece of cake. <laughs> nice. Nice, not done that for a while. Love a bit of cake. Absolutely love a bit of cake, yeah. What did you go for? Uh, chocolate fudge. Nice. Yeah. That, that really is decadent, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Your date really loved you yesterday. Oh, she treated me well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to next on the list. Okay. So the next on the list, I am, um, again, still no, in no particular order, but... Um, and I, I am going to say her name because she's so lovely. Um, it, I actually went on a date with uh, an actress that I went to watch her show, and her show was um, uh, a similar subject matter to mine. Her show is called Too Ugly for Love Island, um, and she's a brilliant actress called Nicola Westwood. Um, and I went with I went to watch the show with my producer and my director, and then my producer suggested that we go on a date together. So we went on a date and we talked about all of our terrible dating experiences. And it was so great. Um, and yeah, she's she's definitely turned into a soul sister. We're going to keep in touch. We're going to see each other in London now. So what were some of the big things you both had in common? <laughs> I mean, just the typical... Um, the, the very aggressively forward messaging that's just unreal sometimes you know the way in which people think that it's okay to um yeah send unsolicited pictures of themselves shall we say i'm not really one i mean uh it's probably good to explain that there is uh, uh quite a lot of swearing in my show but i'm not i'm not going to do it on the podcast um but um yeah just it's it can be so intrusive sometimes people you know just not even taking the time to get to to know you properly and they'll just you know they're right in there and I just think it's um people's behavior really does go down the pan when they're when they're online I think you know the thing that I've definitely um noticed and I and I I talk about a lot in the show is that we're the the manners is just some people's manners online can just be really horrendous and that's what I really I I really detest I just think it's yeah be kind to each other online as well as in real life yeah it's amazing actually how often that phrase crops up on the podcast in lots of different uh lists just be kind kind. is I think something at the forefront oh my gosh absolutely um my nan always used to say to me, treat other, others as you hope to be treated yourselves. And that is the rule that I stick by. And I think if we all did, then <laughs> the world would be a much nicer place. Yeah. Um, but not enough people are doing it. Yeah. So in terms of um, those first messages, um, you know, asking for a friend, uh, what, what sort of things <laughs> should one say? I like uh, that asking, but you can ask me. I'll, I'll definitely give you the information. <laughs> um, asking for a friend, what? So how, how would a good first interaction via message, via Tinder or whatever, you know, what, what would be? Well, like, uh, hey, how are you doing? I'm not one of these people, you know, who wants to play games over Messenger. I'm actually, I would rather not waste time on all of that. I would rather meet the person because for me, 
is about human connection it's about seeing whether there is something that you whether you want to get to know that person and this is the thing that actually frustrates me the most and has frustrated me the most um that you waste so much time like messaging and then you never actually end up meeting those people um you know i've i've, I've got a line in the show and it, it's like having a second job online dating because the the admin around it is just insane um so if you just go straight into hello you know you write a profile anyway if you're online so you can see you've seen a picture so you think okay well that person looks nice so just meet up with them and see whether you want to take it any further you know and if you don't then that's also fine but just be honest with each other I think that's the other thing that not enough people are just being honest with each other um and I think it's because we've got too many options and people are getting greedy so I should, I should, uh, my friend should just say something quick, something nice. Yeah, just say, would you like to go for a drink? Yeah. Or a coffee? Yeah, as simple as that. Next on the list. Next on the list. Um, so my friend, Ross Smith, he's a comedian. He was one of my very early uh, dates. Um, and the reason why I wanted to use him as a, an example is because <laughs> for the first half hour of the date, he, I basically played his therapist. He sat there telling me why he is so done with dating at the moment. He was so negative about the whole thing. And then he was like, I've actually just talked to you for the last half hour, haven't I? And I was like, yeah, you have. I was like, I'm so glad I came on this date. And he was like, come on then, I'll take you on a date. Um, so he took me to the student union, uh, played pool and bought me a pint. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, in just our journey from uh, where you were performing to here where we were recording, mm -hmm. I think you're um, a very good conversationalist. And I felt like I was doing a lot of the talking because you're asking a lot of the questions. Yeah. Um, so do you think you, you're more of a listener than a... Do you know what? This is actually very something very interesting that's come up. I, um, I know, <laughs> I definitely have an issue. I hate silences, right. so I fill them with verbal diarrhea. Um, I do think I am a good listener as well, and I hope my friends would say that. But when I'm on a date, um, I struggle and I definitely, what the thing that I've learned the most about myself in this, uh, in this experience of, of the, you know, a day every single day is I felt like I've had to drive most of the dates, um, perhaps because people know what, you know, why we're on the date. And also perhaps because people know that I'm a performer, so they maybe think that, uh, it's my job to kind of you know be on show right. but that actually gets quite draining sometimes and so uh, this is actually I guess another good tip is when you do go on a date to try and work with each other don't allow one people to uh, one person on the date to take responsibility to drive that date if that makes sense yeah um, because because it might come from a place where someone is feeling very nervous and feels that they have to um, just talk about themselves, but then that's not necessarily showing the best version of themselves, you know. And did you find the dates that you were going on more, more exhausting than the performance of the actual play itself? <laughs> Some of them, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 
<laughs> it gets a bit draining talking about yourself after a while um and when you've got that regular because also when you go on a first date you have to do the whole so this is me and this is what I do and uh you know I have three brothers and I grew up here so when I've been doing a version of that every single day yeah I'm sure you can imagine it gets quite tiring and I think it'd be quite rude to just give someone a laminated piece of paper and say here's the story because also they'd just be a bit like well hang on a minute why don't just because I'm date number 18 doesn't mean that I get a rubbish version of it. Yeah. You know, so that's the other thing. I've also felt that my producer actually said to me, I thought you were just going to do speed dates. And I was like, but then that's being unkind, isn't it? Because those people who have gone on dates with me, they want to have a nice experience and I can't just palm them off because of the number, you know, nine on the list. Sorry, I'm really tired today, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to give you a good experience because otherwise it's contradicting what I'm saying that I want people to start doing when they think of dating. Sure. But also it's expensive up here. So if you were to speed date, then Ooh, I know. you're getting less benefit. I know, Whereas right? Each day, bought a coffee <laughs> or a pint. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Um, uh, one of the dates, and I'll speak about him later, he actually asked that. He's like, have you just been doing this so that you can get people to you know, pay your way through Edinburgh? And I was like, no, actually. Um, I've made sure that I've gone 50-50. So if someone's bought me a drink, I've bought them a drink back. Um, yeah. Sometimes they've gone on really, really late, and then I've had to get up and do my 12 o'clock show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you said about needing to fill silences. Mm-hmm. So is it that age-old thing that you'll, you know when you found the one because you can just sit there and say nothing? Yeah. Do you, do you know that, uh, that Buddhists say that when you meet the one that you're just completely calm. Right. And, you know, because that is who you can be your most self with. I think that's so beautiful. Um, But uh, I think it takes me a while to get there. So even when I know that I've met the one, I think I... It will take me a while to get to a point where I don't feel that I have to verbal vom the whole time. Sure. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any of that with uh, the next person on the list? The next person on the list. Who did I? Oh, actually, the next person on the list. This is a good one. And I thought, um, uh, so I actually had a reviewer in one day. And it was a day that I didn't have a date booked in. Um, and so I give my little speech at the end to say, you know, if you enjoyed the show, please tweet about it or, you know, write a review. And then I tell them about the social experiment. And so I just said, and I'm actually without a date today. So if anyone would like to take me on a date, then please, you know, do get in touch. And so he waited around and he took me on a date. Yeah. And do you think you improved or damaged (laughs) your review as a result of the date? Um, No, actually, I did get a very good review. But I checked in with him to say that this is, you know, this is completely separate. And he was like, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I was very lucky. Thanks for that review. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel pressured more on that particular date? No, not at all. Because I didn't make him do it, did I? True. He, you know, every all the dates are completely consensual. So yeah, he offered. He offered to take me on a date, and it was lovely. We had a great time. We drank a lot of gin. (laughs) (laughs) Always away to my heart. Yeah, no, mine too. Did you have any? dates that did feel any more pressured than any of the others or have they all been sort of quite an even 
Any that you're more nervous about, even? Any I'm more nervous about? Um, do you know, they've all started in quite a... I think maybe because I've known what I'm doing, then, as I said before, it's given me... I hope not, like... No, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna apologise. It's given me a confidence to just try and have a nice time, have a nice experience, and be the best version of myself. So each time I've been going on a date, I've just, um, yeah, I've just gone in with uh, having no expectations. Um, this actually goes on nicely to what I was talking to you before about that. What has been, uh, quite a few people have asked me. Okay, well, what constitutes a date then? And so for me, definitely what I've learned about, or learned about to me what I think a date is, is meeting someone, talking to them, connecting with them, with no expectations. And I think that if we, if we all date that way, then the dating experience would be a bit nicer and kinder. Sure. Yeah. Next on the list. Next on the list. Okay. So um, I went on a date with a polyamorous couple. Wow. Wow, right? Yeah. Um, Because, again, another part of the experiment was for not only for me to experience um, positive dates, but also to learn how other people do dating. So they were actually friends of my director and they were up here for the Fringe. Um, and we had a lovely time. We, they took me to see a show. Um, they took me for, out for dinner. They bought me champagne. Nice. I know, right? Yeah, I know. Um, I, I couldn't reciprocate that, unfortunately, because um, I am at the Fringe. Uh, um, yeah, it was great. And they told me the way that they date and they're they're married they've got children but they they talk I learned about polyamory and it changes from relationship to relationship but as long as it's consensual in that relationship and they have their rules and they stick to their rules then they know what you know they know what they're doing um and yeah I it was great they've uh invited me around for dinner in London. <laughs> and do you think that polyamory is something that you would try in your life? I would say no. Um, I didn't think that it would be, and no. Never say never, but it's, it's not really where I imagine uh, going with, with my romantic life. But um, I really, you know, I support anyone who, who lives that way. Um, and love is love, isn't it? So whatever works for each individual relationship, sure. I completely support. And within your play, you have lots of different versions of love from the animal kingdom. Yes. Uh, which is your favourite of those? Um, I think I would probably say the anglerfish. I just think it's brilliant, isn't it? Is that the one that absorbs? So basically, a male latches onto a female and fuses to her, and then he loses his eyes and internal organs, and then the two fish share a bloodstream. And were they all genuine? Oh yeah, yeah. Science. Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. All research. made up for dramatic. Oh no, 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 no. It's true. Gosh. It's true. I mean, again, when you were asking about material, I've got so many more of those. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, anthropology of love anecdotes. Can we yeah. have a bonus? 
one that didn't quite make the show. Oh, what can I think Put about? you on the spot there. Uh, yeah, no, you are a little bit. Um, I need to do a bit more research, but apparently the, the, uh, the way in which the woodpeckers mate, and it's to do with like the sound that they make. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm making this up now, but so I need to do more research. Um, but, you know, uh, penguins as well. They, yeah, it's uh, the animal kingdom and the way that they mate, I think is really quite beautiful and um and to to continue researching all of that um i'm quite excited by were yours all aquatic animal um Um, no because initially because the show's called lobster and we were like thinking of keeping with the, the crustacean theme but then uh when really great ones you know come up so i talk about a butterfly and the way that it, you know it starts as a worm and then emerges as a butterfly course, yes. um i talk about a plato uh, the split soul theory um so no no they're not all aquatic but um to educate as we go along unless a praying mantis too much for cliche <laughs> <laughs> see that's a good one isn't it maybe, maybe that'll go in the longer version of the show yeah next on the list okay yeah number five um was uh dave and uh i have to give his amazing uh um social media handle he is the shouting mute um and so dave is wheelchair bound and he communicates through a computer um and uh <laughs> his his question that he had programmed for me as soon as i sat down was just like spot on um, so he'd come to see my show and the first question that he asked me was so Gemma what do you do with your time other than going on dates with men and writing about it and I just thought that was brilliant yeah um, and Dave took me to a Kaylee right. so uh, we went to a brilliant Kaylee and uh, the venue were they were amazing we had a brilliant time the issues with Edinburgh unfortunately is because there is a lot of um, it's a very old city, so there's a lot of spaces that are not accessible. Um, but, and so I'm sure a lot of, uh, I'm sure a lot of projects, I'm sure a lot of shows advertise themselves to be completely accessible. Um, and sometimes they can't be, but yeah, it was amazing. It was great. There were, there were some other people in the room that had different disabilities and it, it didn't matter. And you've obviously got your access, well, I say obviously, obviously to me because I've uh, read about you, but you've got the Access All Areas and Bareface Collective. Could you tell us a bit about those? Yeah, so I um, uh, I do a lot of work with a theatre company called Access All Areas. Um, they're an amazing theatre company that are based in London. Um, they, um, they make work for learning disabled and uh, autistic artists. So uh, I started working with them as a creative collaborator, um, making, developing theatre work. Um, and then uh, as I started to evolve as a collaborator and a creative enabler, um, I worked directly with an autistic actor um, on Holby City called Jules Robertson. Um, and one of the projects that when I've been working with Accessible Areas for a while is that um, they actually have a training course that's affiliated with Central School of Speech and Drama which is a year's course and it's the only course that's especially for learning disabled and autistic artists to train. Um, and uh, the course has been running for, I think, seven years now. 
and what they realise is that you know their graduates um, want to develop and evolve work, um, but need uh, extra support um, to work with collaborators to m allow them to be able to you know evolve and make make the work that that, that they want to be able to. Um, so, Arts Council. Um, set up a scheme uh, called Elevate and they work with three different uh, theatres so I was involved in a project at the Lyric in Hammersmith um, two years ago and it was with three of the artists from Accessible Areas and from then we had a week's R&D and from then we evolved uh, uh, and created a company and they're called the Bareface Collective so it's kind of like a sister company to Accessible Areas it's not Accessible Areas but they're their artists, but we're our own company. And um, they're performing at Underbelly 2, and the show is called Fix Us. And is that going to be uh, viewable after Edinburgh? Is it going to Yeah, yeah, anything? hopefully. Yeah, there's, um, it's, it's, we've, we've had a really great response. Um, we just had another Arts Council application uh, granted, which is great, which means that we can continue to evolve. Um, what we need to now do is go back in as a company and kind of like see which direction we think that we're gonna go in because um, there's a possibility of touring but there's you know the, there's things that we have to think about and in order to be able to um, yeah kind of like move forward with the project and kind of see what we want to do with the show now and like where 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 we see its journey you know and, and what that will be and on the subject of journeys after you have Kaylee, did you and Dave go on anywhere else? Um, no, he actually, uh, after a while, he, he got quite tired. So he was like, it's home time now. That's great. I mean, brilliant. I had a great time. That's, my, that's, that's the one and only Kaylee that I've been to. Really? Yeah. In your entire life? Not in my entire life. No, no, I've been to them. But in Edinburgh. Right. And there's one on every single night, isn't oh, there? Oh, really? Yeah. I think I hear them when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, you're like, shut My light might. Next on the list. Next on the list. I'm going to go for Magical Bones. He's a magician right. and a body popper. Um, and we had, a, we had a lovely day. And the reason why I wanted to put him on the list is um, uh, my director actually managed to get into a conversation with him over Twitter and told him about Catch of the Day. And then he was like, yeah, I'm up for that. Um, so we went out for dinner. And uh, we just had really good conversations about what we both think dating is and um yeah it's great lovely experience but we we both agreed on the you know just just taking the time to spend time with someone to um get to know them and to have a human connection with someone um rather than wasting your time you know messaging over um but with no expectation. I think that's the thing sometimes um, I talk about in, in the show. Um, dating's become a commodity and I just think that we get so to the point that we can just swipe, 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 swipe. Um, that we're not necessarily taking the time to invest in getting to know someone and seeing whether it could actually be something. Um, and yeah, we both agreed on that. Have you sort of kept a running total mentally or on paper or whatever of um, your ratio during these dates of uh, say drinks or coffees or dinners or dances has there been like a, a sort of majority of any one of those activities 
Yeah, I mean, it's mainly been around drinks, I'll be honest. Um, uh, there's been a few sober coffee dates, uh, which is great. I'm all for that. Um, that's another thing, actually. In the past, I'd always be like, oh, God, I can't go on a sober date. Right. <laughs> um, but actually, it's quite nice just to take the pressure off and it just be like because also who's to say that a date has to last like for hours that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a positive experience but like if you've only got a short window then yeah just go and have a coffee with someone and just spend some time with them and to get to the stage of having a date like mm-hmm. in the flesh now you said that you've got more confidence going forward yeah um i have absolutely no idea how these things work so how would one approach someone uh and 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 get the and ask them for a date in the first place well this is the other thing i don't i'm not i think online dating is actually a really positive thing um lots of my friends have met some of them have married um and i think they are really great for people who might not necessarily be in a in a circumstance where they can meet someone um and it does allow you to match with people that you would never actually meet. I, I, you know, when I took myself off the dating apps, I went through a bit of a phase of saying to friends of mine, have you not just got someone single that you can set me up with? And it just seems that a lot of people are very dubious of doing that because sometimes people don't want to kind of cross over friendship groups, right. which I find quite fascinating. You know, if I've got a great single friend, I'd love to set them up. With that I've kind of come up with an idea that I quite like to do um, is um, again not to put the pressure on but to start having dinner parties and to invite people around and then it's a it's 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 an environment where you're all having a nice time but you can get to know each other without any pressure yeah fabulous idea yeah yeah sign me up yeah I will absolutely um, the chat up line still a thing well I think for some people yeah and I think as long as they're not too gross or crude or sexist or, you know, they can, they can be a fun icebreaker, I think. I think it's funny. I think, you know, sometimes people have got a little bit like, oh, God, you didn't, did you? But, you know, we also need to realise that we're human. And so we, we, we get nervous. And so sometimes you are going to say something that you don't mean to say. But that's also okay because... You know, no one's perfect. And I actually think the flaws are what makes someone beautiful. You're a very nice person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try. So next on the list, in no particular order, let's re- reiterate that. <laughs> yeah, keep reiterating. Um, okay, uh, next on the list, I'm going to go with James Rowland. Um, he is a wonderful, wonderful uh, theatre maker up at Edinburgh. He's got three shows on at Summerhall. Um, and I made friends with him this year. And we went and had such a great day. Had such a lovely time. Um, and interestingly, uh, we were meant to have a day date. But then he had to go and do some recording um, so uh, he had to text me and say, I'm really sorry, do you mind changing our date slightly? You can come and um, you can come and watch my show, which was his show that's a uh, subject matter of him falling in love and then falling so beautiful. Um, and then we went out for drinks afterwards and yeah, he's, he's great. We had loads of fun. Where did you go? We actually came here. 
<laughs> to a assembly bar and got really drunk on espresso martinis. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Not had an espresso martini since I've been here. Oh, Maybe well, here, here is your place. You have to. They do really, really good ones here. Well, thanks for the espresso tip, the espresso martini tip. Pleasure. I think I'll have to do that before I go home. Absolutely. Um, ready for the clunk. Uh, do you have any dating app tips, Pro, like making your profile? Oh, gosh, I'm awful at it. I don't know whether you know about any of the dating apps, but Nothing. there's a dating app called Hinge where basically you have like three statements. Um, that is the one that gave me most anxiety. Um, but Hinge, I actually, I, I've had quite positive experiences on Hinge, um, but my housemate actually helped me write them because she was like, come on. And how ridiculous does that sound? Because I'm a writer and I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, but I think when you're... I think most people find it hard to write about themselves because it's kind of promoting yourself, isn't it? Sure. In fact, not even kind of. It's promoting the best version of yourself. But if you kind of take the pressure off yourself and get a friendly... a friend or even... Like, I have... I mean, I'm very lucky to have a brilliant relationship with my brothers. So uh, I got one of them <laughs> to, like, think of, like, good points that they think, like, are, like, my sales tip and then kind of develop stuff from there. So, you know, you could you could do that or, um, yeah, if you feel that it's making you feel anxious, then get someone to help you because they can see the best version of you that you often can't see of yourself. Sure. So, worst versions, mm-hmm. um, they're things that happen to you regularly on dates that are just immediate red lines and you think oh no this this isn't for me this person's not for me uh what do you mean like during the date or yeah. behavior after the date Ooh, or both. Mm, well yeah <laughs> i mean it's all in the show uh yeah i mean you can often be on a date and you can realize that they're just uh, i mean i think so the shortest date i've ever been on was 55 minutes right um not because that's what i was uh, it wasn't a speed date or anything but he just wanted one thing and it was very clear and I was trying to ask him like questions about again you know trying to create a positive experience and his response was do you want to see my CV because you keep asking me about myself and I was like that's what dates are for isn't it um and you know it then became very clear that he was just after one thing so I went to meet my friend for dinner (laughs) good yeah and you mentioned your CV there. I noticed on your CV you have life-saving. As life art. Oh, you really have done your research, haven't you? Yes, I'm a qualified lifesaver. In what sense? Well, I mean, I've got my bronze medallion. Yeah. So I know how to, like, jump into a swimming pool, uh, take my pyjamas off, blow <laughs> the trousers up and create a boy and tade. There you go. And grab the brick from the bottom grab of the Grab the pool. brick from the bottom, yeah, and also drag someone along with a, uh, with a big stick. Yeah. Marvellous. Thanks for pointing that one out. I'm not as strong a swimmer as I used to be. Maybe I should take that off. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's a bit vague. Like, I didn't know whether it meant you were skilled with the fibrillators. Uh, No. Maybe you should put water. Maybe I should put water lights in. No, I'm not going to start. This is my spotlight CV, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Next on the list before I put my foot in my mouth. Next on the list. Okay. Um, Well, we're almost there. Um, So I'm going to go... So these two... 
I know that you said if I could save like one towards the end, but if these can kind of like be classed as like the two, not favourites, but kind of favourites. Okay, in that um, case, yeah. stop right there and we'll put them both on ice for a minute. Okay. Um, and before we get to that, could you describe what your perfect day ever would be? Oh. Complete blank slate. Perfect day ever. I'm not sure whether I do you know what something quite impromptu something where I don't have to think about it um maybe that's not being very um <laughs> very feminist of me um but maybe it's because I've been on so many dates and I often you know think oh we could go here or we could go there just um I'm a complete romantic so if someone gets to know me because I think that you should continue dating in relationships you don't get into a relationship and then stop dating I absolutely believe that you continue dating so maybe it will be you know when when I'm in a relationship and someone just goes today we're going to do this and it's perhaps something that I've said that a show that I really want to go and see or a, a restaurant that I really want to go to um or just takes me I just quite like a picnic you know and just hanging out and just being together sure yeah it doesn't have to be extravagant just some nice quality time nice mm. so on to your top two <laughs> top in no two, particular order in no particular order to kind of like um well um my very very good friend jess robinson took me out for dinner um uh, she offered to uh and all expenses paid steak dinner and <laughs> I mean, we got very drunk. Um, but when I arrived, she was like, um, what do you want? And I was like, oh my gosh, looking at the menu, couldn't make my decision. And then she was like, don't worry, I'll be the man. So she literally just ordered everything. <laughs> we just had the loveliest time. Um, so that was brilliant. And it was also just so nice because we're both up here. Um, very busy with a fringe. So it was just really nice to kind of like have a friend date and some quality time just the two of us so that we didn't have to think about work and we could just have fun and um, so that was brilliant and then um also uh i went on a date with a police cop i don't know whether you've seen that show it's no. quite a famous show up here um and that was a brilliant date uh because he um took me to a silent disco slash whiskey tasting nice and I don't even like whiskey but they were like cocktails um yeah did you regret it the day after there was no a no no I was all right actually I mean they were only tiny like little versions of them but going back to you know what would be your perfect date the fact that he thought about it and was like okay what can we do that's different and this is just an extent that's um it was it was monkey shoulder um whiskey and it's something that they've, it's a new thing that they're trying out up in Edinburgh and apparently he was just walking past and he was like she'd probably quite like to do that um, and I was like there you go that's a great idea for a date isn't it something that neither of us had done before an experience that we can talk about sure yeah so those are your dates those are my dates what have you learned what have I learned that I'm quite tired <laughs> Um, so after the fringe, will you have a big gap? Do you think before you have any more dates? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a bit of a break from dates. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's okay. 
you know, take the pressure off myself. Yeah. Um, but also learned that, and the thing that I do want to share is dating doesn't have to be scary. Dating doesn't have to be bad experiences. Take the pressure off yourself and just have a lovely time with people, you know, meet people, get to know them, um, have fun. And I like your dinner party idea. That sounds yeah. like a fabulous way yeah. of meeting people. Yeah, I'm going to have a bit of time out, but um, my housemates don't know yet, but I think <laughs> they'll be excited. Are they all single? Are they? Some of them are. Yeah. Not all of them. But that's fine as well, because then they can bring their partners, can't they? So, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And going forwards career-wise, what, what's on the horizon for you at the moment, Gemma? Well, I mean, it's, it's quite exciting, actually. Um, Edinburgh is is working um so when i get back to london uh, i'm going to be going into r&d for uh the longer version of the show so i'll be making a 75 minute version of lobster which we're going to take on tour and we've been speaking to some london venues that we will be hopefully transferring back to um uh so yeah that's kind of like in the pipe starting from january 2020 and then you know going on national tour with it um so that's very cool um and then uh when i get back actually two more days to shoot of my film to finish that and then we'll be taking that to the to the festivals um and then just kind of being a typical jobbing actor going back to auditioning yeah Gemma, it's been lovely. I hope you find your, and although I appreciate it's not the correct term, having seen the play, <laughs> but let's pretend it is, I hope my you lobster. find your lobster. I hope I find my lobster too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that was Gemma. She and her locateur theatre colleagues are currently reworking lobster to make the longer version. So keep your eyes peeled in 2020, and I recommend going to see that because... The Edinburgh length version was fabulous. So it'd be very nice to Gemma if you see her on a dating app because you could find yourself featuring in that longer version. In fact, be nice to anyone you meet on a dating app. In fact, be nice to anyone you meet in real life. Just be nice. After sticking a profile on a few dating apps myself, I've had no dates, but then I've a face for podcasting, which would be fine. But I've also got a voice for dating apps. So the worst of both worlds. Coming up next week, I talk to the excellent comedian, musician and YouTuber Jay Foreman about his top 10 YouTube videos. See you then. Bye, 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 bye.